It is December the 9th, 2023. I'm Chris, and this is the future of photography. The future of photography. We're back. This is the future of photography. There's Adrian. Hello. 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 Everyone doing good? Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm alright. No, I'm, 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 I've had a I've had a really quiet day today, actually. So that's nice. I'm quite relaxed. Going out for dinner in a bit. Yeah, it's gonna be nice. Yeah, it's a good Saturday today. I got a bag of pecan nuts out of my advent calendar. Oh, nice! I love pecans. Pecan pie so is one of pe- pecan pie is is one of the best things in life. <laughs> my favorite right. pie. Is, is it? it? Is yeah. it? But you can't eat it every day because if you did, you'd die. <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah. Very you have true. you have to alternate it with banana cream pie. Do you guys Abs- have advent calendars? Uh, I do do personally that? don't. My children do. I personally don't. Um, no. But we should we should we should have a like a like a TFOP advent calendar with <laughs> that'd be cool. little little cameras in and film rolls and prints and uh, yeah a couple a couple of years ago uh, emma bought me a calendar from an advent calendar from a brewery which had 20 24 cans of beer of all different flavors and different types cool. and some of them tasted <laughs> like marshmallow and some of them were <laughs> chocolate and some of them were normal beers and some of them yeah some of them were just ridiculous you know like <laughs> cheesecake beer and stuff like that cheesecake stout and stuff it, it, crazy stuff but really good fun yeah, I, I got one with like chocolates and nuts and all. Anyway, nothing photographic. Um, but we're here to talk photography, so let's just do that. Adrian, you brought us the idea for today's episode, so um, why don't you take it away? I have, yes, thank you. Yeah, I am uh, deep down a delightful rabbit hole at the moment. Um, uh, listeners may remember that a couple of weeks ago, uh, my pick was a thermal printer, my pick of the week. And I'm massively down a lo-fi printing rabbit hole at the moment and loving every minute of it. Look, you can even print them out in strips. Look at this, like a strip of prints. Yeah, oh, but, beautiful. Oh, waving away from the camera. So, so the, yeah, so I thought, let's let's talk about it, right? Because it's, yeah, last last week, I think it was last week, we had the, uh, the, the was it the phase one camera that had 150 megapixels? <laughs> and I thought, if I had 150 megapixels, I'd pr- probably print in something about three miles across, right? Yeah. So what? What? Yeah. Remember when one megapixel enough was enough? Remember six forty by four eighty on your computer screen? And I mean, uh, it, if if I add up all my cameras, I can easily beat one hundred and fifty megapixels. <laughs> I'm not sure easy. that I could add. Probably. Well, could. Uh, you know, if you're talking got, about, only because I've got too many though. If you're talking about print size, the the print uh, that I showed you earlier offline was a, a one point five giga pixel. Wow. Okay. I'm 1.5 gigabytes. Gigabytes. Okay. For a single image. So as so you that, do, yeah, sure. So you were showing it that was nearly five feet long, and and are you printing out 300 DPI then? Mm. Wow. Okay. Nice. Nice. So <laughs> this is not that, right? This conversation today is not that. I mean, that's a that looked like an awesome print, so, but, but yeah. this this is the other end of the spectrum, right? This is so you know, early Instagram. Remember, I think I think it was six forty pixels on a side, and you could only upload squares, right? Um, nowadays, I don't think you're allowed to upload photos to to Instagram at all. 640. I don't know. But, 
Instagram th- was 640 pixel. Wow. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't doubt it. I'm just, so, I'm just like, okay, wow. Well, we're talking Such about 2010-ish ago. or 2012, aren't we? And, you know, and we had retina phones, is it retina screen phones by, the, in that, by that time, but they were still quite small phones in those days. Um, yeah, they actually fit in your pocket in those days. Yeah, go figure. Um, and uh, yeah, that was the thing about Instagram. Made it available to everybody. Made it available on mobile data networks. Because you know, before we had four G and five G and stuff like that, it would work on a cellular connection because it was it was slow, but it will work. Yes. Yeah, and of course, because you didn't do anything other than view them on your phone in those days. That was yeah, wasn't you? Know, they didn't need any more than that. Yeah. Who, need, who needs other than things other than Square? You know? I think that we're about to have a renaissance in dot matrix printing, large format. Oh. So, so I as a kid, right, when I was in primary school, right, um, the uh, we used to get paper, and you guys will remember this, I'm sure. It was um, it was massive paper, and it was um, and it came out folded out of a box. Um, and it was green lines on one side and plain white on the other. And, of course, it had the circles up the side so it could be drawn through the printer. Somebody brought into school a pink panther, right, printed in ASCII, right? So printed in ASCII characters you're, on, you're, on, you're about six, <laughs> on about six, on about standing up. And of course, the pink panther, right, is, yep. is a fairly tall, thin character, right? So this printed quite well over six or so of these enormous you know um concertina type you know papers uh and and it's like oh wow you can do that with computers that's awesome and amazing so yeah and then it's it's a bit like you know you know the big pixels it's like lego bricks or minecraft it's sure there's a there's a renaissance of these kind of things pretty pretty sure my little brother as well at one point printed a fake id with a on a color dot matrix printer and tried to use that to get into the pub when he was about 16 one, one only has to look at the um, the value of certain NFTs and early gameplay aesthetic and even the movement of certain artists working in pixelated minimalism to try and do extraordinary work with the minimum amount of pixels. I know one in particular who's just a genius. And um, so it... it it kind of goes through the limitations of the technology and it evolves into its own aesthetic. And I think that is always the interesting balance between form function tools and processes um, that feed each other initially in the short term, because it's like, oh, wow, look what we can do. Then as the technology moves past it, quite far past it, we tend to circle back and appreciate the flaws as technique or as aesthetics or at least it's something fun to explore right so you know well talking about i mean you you mentioned tools there right i've got you know put a few tools uh for for lo-fi photography into into our show notes here today i'm going to start off with one of my favorites one of been one of my favorites for many years which is the good old holger Right, so I'm sure you both have. Yeah, Chris has got his Holger with him even. Well <laughs> done, mine. Chris. I've got... It's all I've, taped. Mine is taped. Look, look oh, yeah, this, is, this is what it sounds like. <laughs> we, Camera sounds are so important. What? There you go. Yeah, so I, I have a couple of Holgers. I didn't think to bring it actually to the, the, the recording. That looks like one with a flash. That's a fancy Holger, that is, Chris. 
Has he got that a flash is, on it? He wow. has a flash on it, yes. Wow. Fancy man. So the... Uh, and, co- and, color, and a color wheel for the flash. Look, you can switch it. Oh, you've got blue. a color wheel for the next. Yes. You'll be telling oh, me it's yeah, got that, a color... That, that's very advanced. It has filters <laughs> in there. Next, you'll be telling me it's got a color lens. Um... Uh, optical lens an optical lens <laughs> F- oh as F- opposed to a non-optical lens I, I hear the optical lenses are the best kind it is yeah. an optical lens it says so on the on the box yeah they actually yeah. allow light through them it's amazing um yeah I, I remember some 10 15 years no 10, 10 years ago maybe um uh, being horrified because i'd always wanted to try a holger and never gotten around to it, it must be more than 10 years. and they suddenly went bankrupt um, and I was like, uh, I must. I yeah, like, and, so and, and I then someone sold someone sold the, the the injection mold for for them, and that one disappeared. That was a weird story, and then it reappeared, and yeah, yeah, the, yes, it did. So you but can you still can buy, buy them. Holders. You can buy them now. Yes. You can buy them. You can buy them nowadays. The one I the, the one I've wanted but still don't have is the thirty five mil panoramic Holger because those. <laughs> is really there a, a pa- what? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah there's yeah, there's yeah. like a yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's like the Holger version of an X pan, basically. By, <laughs> I think by the way, call it the Holger pan. I'm not entirely yeah. sure. Um, by but, by the way, what to do? Just just to to fill in what Jeremiah has just said. It's an aesthetic, but there's one for me. There's one even more important aspect of shooting with something like this, and that is there's almost nothing you can you can you, you have to do with it, as in. There's no buttons. Yeah. There's no nothing. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a little, uh, you know you know the the, the focus is, is close a, medium far yeah. per, person group landscape. That's yeah. what you get. And then all you do is click. You press yeah. the button. So so it it kind of it kind of relieves you from any technical thoughts. So you it can does. you can completely give in to the to the creative side of photography. You do not have to think about anything with these kind of cameras. So We're I'm filming. really glad, sure. Chris, that you brought that up because that is one of the f- most freeing things about lo-fi photography, isn't it? It doesn't matter what tools you use. It's the fact yes. you don't have to worry about whether it's sharp. You don't have to worry what the settings are on your camera. I mean, yeah, um, the Holger, of course, has a, it has two apertures, I think, one, uh, one sunny and one cloudy. And some models pretend they have two apertures and you even have a switch but nothing changes nothing when changes because the things yes. that because the holes in the wheels are the wrong way around fix, yeah. and, <laughs> fix and, it in the mix as they but, say but, the, <laughs> but you don't even have to worry about that just stick it on cloudy because if you've got film and you overexpose it by a stop you just get a really nice exposure matter. so it doesn't matter right so it's it's, fanta- it's a fantastic um fantastic tool fantastically freeing uh yeah, link in the show notes uh, show notes to, to a whole bunch of holger photos happens to there be, is there, um, there is the one major advantage website. now because people do pay real money for apps that create light leaks and the, it, with the holger yeah. it's free completely it's built, built into in the camera um <laughs> yes and uh, my holger which is you know uh, i guess yeah. it's in some closet somewhere um uh, it, there's almost as much tape on the camera. Oh yeah, as, yeah, as absolutely. Because the backs are prone to so so light leaks fine. The back falling off because of poor engineering <laughs> exactly. and manufacturing quality is is slightly less fine because that will ruin your whole film. So yes, so ba- uh, yeah, balancing the art of, of how much uh, light you want to leak in with the amount of tape that you're using or not is really a you know I think a creative process. And then, uh, of course, 
protecting the hinges so that the back does not fall apart um, is also good. But yes. uh, yeah, it's also yes. a lot of oh. fun. And 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 here is a good example: a gallery with multiple exposures. There's no, there's not a single thing you have to do to get multiple exposures. You just press the button again, again and again and again and again, again as yeah. many times as you like. Absolutely, yes. The the trick is to remember to wind it on. Actually, rather than yeah, you, <laughs> many of the multi exposures, uh, of course, are completely accidental. <laughs> That's so, the famous right. quintuple exposure. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, okay, all good. So we all love the Holgers, right? It's an easy one to start with. Everybody loves a Holger, um, and uh, everybody should have one, I think, even if it's only, uh, you know, for occasional use when you feel God, when would, you get the would, would an 8 by 10 Holger, that would be something. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 just the thought of hauling something like that. That would be something. Would be, I would use that, yeah. I think, so, yes, yes, although, yeah. Yes, I'm sure you're. Um, I'm, I'm sure the. Uh, uh, the yeah. Never mind. Anyway, sorry. I've, <laughs> got, I've gone down a rabbit hole. I've got, I'm, I'm just picturing really the eight x ten hole. Let's move swiftly on. So we're going to have a digital one next, right? This is this is one I personally haven't played with, but it's had a bit of a resurgence in the last couple of years. But and I'm not talking about the the craze for digi cams. That, those are way too high fidelity for today's conversation, right? They're not talking about early two thousand points and shoots here. We're talking. We're going to go back further than that to the Game Boy camera, oh. right? Um, nice. And uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, I'd I'd love to play with one of these. So this one takes this one takes low fidelity digital photography to to a quite frankly ridiculous level. <laughs> <laughs> um, it has, I think, five pixels. <laughs> uh, and a couple more. We have some pictures on the screen that yeah, came out I found a Flickr group. Camera, yes. So that's how far. That's how old this is. I had to go to Flickr to find a reliable source of Game Boy camera photos. I think, if I remember rightly, it had something like sixteen grayscale. It was capable of. Um, <laughs> if and, <at> all. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, uh, and that was about it. And and it was literally uh, an attachment. So Game Boys, for those that don't remember them, you used to get your games on a cartridge and it used to go in a slot on the top of the machine. Uh, and uh, this was literally a, a, a cartridge uh, that you slotted into the top of the machine that happened to have a camera integrated on top of it so you you, you literally were play you, you were playing a game on your game boy a game of photography so uh uh this is um it it's a it, i've got to say it's a bit much even for me this one <laughs> i've i've seen okay so so um i don't have the the links to the to the according websites here but i've seen two projects where one um someone built like like a, a real like electronics project where someone built a Game Boy camera or re redid it in a way that it would allow to circumvent the Game Boy internal electronics and get some better quality out of it. So there is some better quality. And someone else built a miniature Game Boy camera, used the entire electronics, the original electronics, but shrunk it down so it oh, fits yeah. inside a Game Boy cartridge. <laughs> Ooh, took, wow. a, took a lens from an iPhone or something and... 
and made this thing as small as a Game Boy cartridge. If you know what, what the size of a Game Boy cartridge, yeah, that's a tiny kind of... That is, yeah, I mean, similar in size to a compact flash card for your camera or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah so, so really, really amazing. There's a huge community around the whole Game Boy photography thing. Yeah, yeah. It looks it looks like so much fun. It, it looks like uh, so much fun. But it's definitely and and I know people who do things like you know pick up you know for 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 five pounds euros dollars whatever you know yeah, digi cams and then start hacking at them with a screwdriver and stuff like that you know to see what they can get out of them uh, you know as well to to try and uh, and there's more sort of glitch photography I guess as 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 well as lo-fi photography but loads of stuff to be loads of fun to be had here okay all right so have either of you tried the game boy camera by the way that is one that i have not tried i held one once but i didn't really spend much time with it okay i do appreciate the uh the noise masquerading as grain but but i I, because i think (laughs) that that it's called a pixel grid yeah i don't think it's i don't think it's noise i think they're pixels as big as your fist jeremiah is what they Uh, are probably (laughs) right and um you know that again becomes an aesthetic now in 2023 24 um we appreciate that kind of um, lo-fi aesthetic as being somewhat sentimental for those who grew up with that. Um, you know, that's like, um, you know, music from early um, electronic games, video games, mm-hmm. you know, with the boop, 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 boop. boop. 8-bit stuff, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, you could go to Spotify, Apple Music, and you could find playlists of, you know, composers. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I'm playing in that yes. realm and and in fact um I took my granddaughter to see Mario uh Super Mario Brothers oh, movie yeah. which yeah, was yeah. I highly recommend it's I was really great fun. that yeah I like that one uh, but they used a lot of that they had different techniques obviously of animation in it but they they did play to that music effectively I thought <laughs> in in that both orchestrally and simply so yes again, that was a great, great movie that actually we went as a family to see that one as well it was awesome Cool. Okay, next up then uh, in the world of lo-fi photography, get back to analog this time, and we're going for pinhole photography this time, which I know all three of us have done. So yes, so there's there's and again back to Flickr this time to find a good uh, a good pinhole. There are lots of groups on Flickr uh, for pinhole photography, um, and uh, Chris is scrolling through some here, and again it's like you know this is. It's a different thing for me. It's very different to the Holgers because the whole the Holger is a I'll call it like a normal camera in the sense that it has a, you know, a shutter that will trigger in under a second and what have you. Um, the pinholes, of course, you know, uh, because the aperture is so small, it's a very different thing. Everything is focused from front, in focus from front to back as as you know, as long as uh, as long as you've got a well laser etched pinhole or drilled pinhole um and uh yeah the exposure is simply how how long do i need to keep the lens cap off or equivalent um so it's a it gives a different aesthetic if it's landscape the clouds are always blurred and moving or but you know often you know you can take a photograph in a crowded place and the people don't appear on the film because they move too quickly and stuff like that so uh, i think it's a a, a quite a special way of doing things um you know in it's it's also different from the holger in the fact that you can really you can really think about how you're using a pinhole camera 
and how you, you know the, and how you take the shots, how you frame the shots, and how you take the shots. So I think it, it feels always to me like a very different discipline. Is not quite the right word, but a very different creative process. To uh, uh, what 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 always fascinates me is that. It, everything is at the exact same level of sharpness, no matter how far away it is from yes. the camera. So you can you can have things uh, as close as a few millimeters, and then things as few as, uh, as as far as a few kilometers, and you end up having this is it's a, is it is its own aesthetic, or maybe not even the same maybe the same level of unsharpness from front yeah. to back because there's always depending on the size of the hole in relation to the to the film size there's it, it's never super sharp it's always a bit of a a dreamy um definitely kind of no you know i know that chris you've played with <clears throat> with them um on on the large format size i have i, a, I built one i built yeah, one i have yeah. a wooden uh pinhole camera that's um that takes uh, four by five yes and uh, I have a pinhole, um, quote, lens or lens cap for <clears throat> uh, M-mount for Leica and have used, have used both, especially during the pandemic, during my daily long walks in the Venice canals and, and took many pictures with uh, my Leica and the pinhole and was really astonished at how, how beautiful, how ethereal and how... Mm-hmm creamy they are especially if you don't over process them later in editing and allow the aesthetic to kind of emerge and yet kind of maybe do a little bit of of blending so that you bring out a little more of the kind of mids um it's a very specific um <clears throat> very specific aesthetic that really joins i mean it's very interesting to see a four by five uh print and a digital uh, print capture, um, they are very closely connected, um, despite the formatting and and um, film versus digital aesthetic. Another fun fact with uh, with large with any there's there's a certain size of pinhole that is ideal for a certain size of film. So um, there's calculators out there, and you can find out and. Uh, and of course, the the hole is an aperture, so they you, you pretty much get an f stop. And when your normal lenses go down to f sixteen, f twenty two, and then most lenses stop there. Um, the the large format pinhole, the four by five pinhole, I think that I have is f two hundred and twenty or something. It's, it's, it's just. I think mine's Just about crazy. 200, I think. I, I Mine's not large. For, well, it's it sort of is almost, in a way. Um, it's a 6 by 12. So although it takes medium format roll film, the, the 12 centimetres is you know, is equivalent to 4 inches, right? So it's it's sort of a large format, but a cut-down large format, if that makes sense. Uh, and a real fun project, if you have a couple of hours um, on a Sunday afternoon, is to make... A matchbox into a 35 millimeter pinhole camera, <laughs> which is which is fairly simple. All you need is a a, a, a little pin, piece a of hole. aluminum, a hole. Well, a, a piece of, a piece of uh, aluminum foil with a with a pinhole in it, and um, you can take two um, two canisters, 35 millimeter metal ones, and glue them to the side with light tight tape, and then uh, spool the film from one into the other through the matchbox and just uh, exposed that way. Nice. It's, it's just a fun, a fun little project. 
<laughs> nice, definitely. So right. I'm, I haven't shot, I have to say, uh, although I love the pinhole, I haven't shot my pinhole camera in a long, long time. I should probably find it wherever it might be. Well, in April, April traditionally every year in April, there's the World Pinhole Day. Yes, so. there is, isn't there? Yes, there's also. I have Holger, a feeling. Actually, should have said there's also a Holger Week every year as well. So. I have a feeling it coincides with 420. Possible. <laughs> Possible. So, and then we have uh, yeah. There's always a Holger Week every year as well. So. Um, Okay, right. Next one, and this is this is coming back to my rabbit hole, right? Okay, so I need you guys to keep me honest here and not let me disappear down it too far. But that printer that I was talking about the other week, uh, the the Munbin printer, yes. Let me put the pink um, one on the screen. The pink one, yeah. I don't have the pink one. I was uh, just a black and white one. But um, the the stated purpose of this printer primarily is to print posted labels for parcels right so the ones you get with the address and the return address and the barcodes and things like that on um yeah a 654 sticky label uh and uh you you, you just get the stickers either on a roll or, or folded up in a stack and they just you know, run through the printer um i've been having so much fun with this um i'm really enjoying it and it it's it, it, it it's another way of the lo-fi-ness of it freeing you up because so, it, what it means is if this is your output medium at the point of capture, you can do whatever you want, right? You can shoot with a phone, you could shoot with a Leica, you could shoot with a 150 megapixel phase one camera, right? If you want to, <laughs> it, you know, when, when this is your output medium, you know, it really, it really does, um, you know, uh, come out. It matters not what camera you shoot with. <laughs> so, so what do you have there is the uh, 140 pound USB thermal label printer. It's it's fast. It's made for, uh, I guess, like uh, shipping organizations and things like that. Yeah, small businesses um, and stuff like let that. Let me show yeah. you. Let let me show you the 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 uh, counter piece to that. Oh, you've got can, you got. Can you see that? Yeah, it's, it's overexposed here because of the, the lighting. But um, it, it looks like a cartoon character. Um, and I'm going to take a picture of you guys here on the screen. <laughs> there we go. Oh, this is technology, and it's out, you're 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 using your phone to take a photo of us I'm, on the screen of your computer. So yeah. I'm, I've I've taken a picture of you. Okay. I am sending this to the printer via mm -hmm. Bluetooth. And Oh, and it just comes out straight away. See, that's pretty fast. Is that, and is that is that a sticky label or is that And this a one is a roll? sticky label. Okay, cool. So just now, wrapping now, this up. Now take a picture of it and put it up on our website. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I will. There I we will. are. In so, all our thermally printed glory. So this is Made in China, um, yeah, you find it on the on the usual suspects, uh, including Amazon and so on. It comes with a whole box of like additional paper rolls and nice. and accessories, uh, sticky, non-sticky, and so on, uh, colors. Um, and I think, if I remember correctly, it was. I mean, it's a cheap plastic thing. It was maybe twenty-five bucks. Yeah, it, it, they, they, they're it not expensive. The, the great thing about these things is they're not expensive and important. I mean, I've got here. But, oh, I've got my big strip of stickies that I printed yesterday. Just and this is just oh, yeah, from from your printer. These these are bigger. It, these yeah, are oh yeah. Bigger. So uh, yeah. what I'm tending to find is that actually fitting two on a on a four by six sticker 
is quite handy so it's, it's difficult to even get them all to show it to the camera at once um but you know just printing two photos on a four by six sticker and just having and just having fun with it you know it's just it, it it's yeah and you can cut them out stick them in a, a journal or whatever i'm tending to stick mine actually in it just a little journal where i keep notes day to day and and uh, yeah they can just be a little record and it's since, fun since we're comparing aesthetics of small printers <laughs> i thought i would share mine oh you've got yours as well yeah yours now, is a look retro looking thing isn't it yeah yeah awesome. this is very retro oh, looking. looks like a 1950s beautiful. mechanical adding up machine yeah it is stunning it's metal very high quality this the label is i don't know i bet the prints are high quality Jing Chen. <laughs> that's what it says uh it it works absolutely brilliantly like you very little to do to connect you know and and um again high quality for its particular limitations so, yeah i'm i'm yeah, so so my little project that i've got uh, in my head at the moment is i'm printing out a bunch of these these things at the moment and i'm going to collage together some spreads right uh probably uh a5 double spread so so it'll be, it'll be the same size as an a4 i think i'm going to build build some spreads and then i might digitize that somehow and print them as a zine you know uh and then you could so you could have like the original right yeah uh and then you could have the the, the zine version um that's that the, the, all the printed zine version that's kind of where my head's at with these things at the moment just as a little project to do um i was thinking i might do a christmas holidays one as well you know for you know, going to see people in extended family you could easily put one of the, throw one of these things together take the printer with you and and let people use it and stuff like that so does that I think it's printer is that project. is it that printer battery operated uh, no, my, our printer is uh, it powered by the mains, um, and right. uh, so yeah, I'm, it's you guys have got smaller ones. I've got I've got a couple of pocket printers. I've got the Instax ones, of course. Uh, I've got a uh, a dye sublimation pocket printer, although that's not. Is that very a Canon selfie? Probably. Uh, no, the the Canon selfie is is not a pocket size. We do have a Canon selfie as well, which prints the six by fours. Um, but I do have a you have a, a you have quite a good printer. You can train them in around a the really house. Good printer. <laughs> I've got I've got four five small printers now. You know that that I love to use. Um, you know, uh, so it, it I just, can give, I can give you a phone number of someone who you can talk to. <laughs> Do they sell more yeah. printers? Because I'm always looking out for more printers. No, it's <laughs> more quite. to kick the habit. <laughs> so, but it's, I love, the, you know, and I know we talk about this occasionally, right? But, you know, uh, and I know we all love the physicality uh, of art. Yes. Um, uh, but this for me is, uh, you know, it, it's, it's to try and remove, partly it's to try and remove as much friction as possible. And part, yeah, and so I love the Instax printer, right? Yeah, the, the, I got a new one earlier this year, which which uh, prints on the squares and it works on Bluetooth rather than Wi-Fi. And you might remember, I said having the Bluetooth version was a game changer, right? Because you don't, it, it makes it so much easier to use because you don't have to derail whatever Wi-Fi you're on and, and you don't have it disconnecting as it powers down after two minutes and stuff like that. Uh, it was a real game changer. And then there's the economics of it as well, right? So at the moment, I think an Instax square print is probably about 75 pence. It's probably 75 cents where you guys are, roughly, roughly speaking, right? Um, it, it varies a bit. And That's quite a lot, yeah. These, these 4 by 6 stickers... <laughs> 
are about four pence per sticker and that's for the six by four that you can print two photographs on so i'm paying two pence per photograph and worth every penny and and, and that's yeah and i'm getting my quality as well i'm getting two pence worth of quality out of the print um but the (laughs) because of course the thermal printers don't have cartridges in them that you need to change right because that's not how the technology works so and and uh, of course their archival quality is just just like nothing. I'm not. <laughs> oh, so, so I'm not leaving them in the sunshine on the windowsill. No. I'm also, the, also, uh, as they are thermal printers, you have to be really careful not to heat them up too much because you want to store them in the freezer in a dark <laughs> container. They'll last maybe another two years. Maybe, yeah. that, but that you know, transient art. Yeah. That's 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 right? the that's the in, Instagram story of photography. I tell you what, it'll be, they'll be away. visible a long time after most things on Instagram are, are, are unfindable. <laughs> that, that Technically, the photos will still be there, I am sure. But try finding them when yeah. a billion photos are uploaded every day or whatever it is. So anyway, there you go. Look, I, I'm, uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying the world of lo-fi and low-resolution photography at the moment. I, it's, I have it, one it's more thing to show um, regarding lo-fi. And uh, it goes along the Holger and it's... Uh, a, a type of camera, a type of an analog film camera that you can buy for ten bucks, maybe. Cool. And it's old, and it's a box camera. Oh. And these these are these are really. You, sometimes you find like ten for fifty bucks or something. That looks um, in very good condition. That one. I I I I I'm a bit obsessed about these. I have. 30 40 of them of different <laughs> kinds different sizes different brands different yeah because because it's it's totally fun and you get a medium format film and load it and then you have your eight shots i think <laughs> six by nine i mean it's really large the format is really large so you can have them developed you can get contact prints you can just photograph the negatives and and invert it on your on your phone or something um they have they have tripod threads on two sides, so you can shoot in two orientations without having to tilt the tripod. It's it's just fascinating. Low tech. Um, they 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 were built in the millions back then, and there's still so many around that um, just search for box camera. Make sure you find one that doesn't require any special film like the brownies do. Um, but in, yeah, in Europe, you, an Aqua yeah, box or something. I was going to say that actually it's really worth checking what film it takes because if it takes 120 film you're fine if it takes 620 film or something else then then yeah it's yeah it's difficult you can buy certainly in this country now there are people who are doing things like cutting down 120 film and re-spooling it and selling it retail so some of these really old cameras yeah it's 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 um not, but, not easy. But if it takes 120 film, you're set, you're fine. You can put I've, a whole bunch of <clears throat> I, I in there. I threw into the discussion uh, the very first digital camera that I ever owned, a Casio. Ooh. And uh, this was, uh, I think I got it in 89. Um, it was a miracle uh, when I used it. I think it had... It changed a lot, yeah. Yeah, I think 300 pixels i think <laughs> it was extremely noisy pixels, maybe what 
300,000 pixels, maybe, rather than 300 pixels. No, it was very tiny, <laughs> tiny little chip and very pixelated imagery, uh, but instant. Maybe, um, maybe they sold you a Game Boy camera. Possibly. I think they, they probably repurposed it in some kind of uh, um, <laughs> box with, uh, you know, I remember I had batteries for it and shot a lot for it and, and shot a lot with it and, and um, output it. I, f- I think he used these cassettes, not cass- not like um, floppy disks, um, as I recall. Um, cool. Kind of spun up. <laughs> <laughs> and then you had to, I forget how I plugged it in or got it out to my dot matrix printer. But uh, all fun. Um, and again, you know, now we see, you know, iPhone 15s emulating that kind of look because that mm-hmm. becomes part of a historical aesthetic, much yeah. the way daguerreotype or collodion prints or wet plate, you know, th- those kinds of things create an emotional response as well as an aesthetic response because the emotion is connected to where we were at the time when we grew up, how we developed, like music, you know, when we come of age and listen to a certain body of music that becomes, in a way, a bellwether for our whole lives. And it, it changes, obviously, with each generation. But Do you know, that's very interesting, right? I am waking my way chrono- in chronological order through the Beatles at the moment. <laughs> um, and it's something, I, yeah, I, because I, you know, I, everybody knows the Beatles, right? Or everybody knows some of the Beatles. But if you... Uh, it's, it's a long time since I've listened to much of the the Beatles, right? And uh, I think it must have been the the you know the news around the new single that came out that prompted me. So I'm going to go back. I'm going to start you know, at the beginning, and I'm up to uh, I'm up to the White Album at the moment, right? I was listening to Magical Mystery Tour yesterday. And stuff. And Magical Mystery Tour is one of my favourites, um, uh, but it's. It, it, it's and, and it's anything but low fidelity, right? So let's not get confused here. But it's it's really interesting what you say, Jeremiah, about it being a slightly older aesthetic, and you can hear, um, you can hear things even in there that influence in, that this is now some of it sixty years ago, but maybe yeah, you, know, you know, certainly over fifty years ago, uh, that still resonate today. I was listening to something, I was like, oh, and I can't remember what it was. I was like, oh, that really sounds like a David Holmes movie soundtrack, right? And it was one of the songs off Magical Mystery Tour yesterday. It might have been flying. Um, and it's like, oh, wow. That, and you can say, I wonder if David Holmes was um, actively inspired by that, right? Whether he took inf- inspiration from it or whether it's just an, an accidental thing or whatever, or an organic thing. But it's like, wow, there's so, so much good stuff in, in some of the... Sorry, ra- ra- random <laughs> extra bit <laughs> to talk about. All right, lo-fi photography. Awesome. Yeah, totally my my thing. Um, let us move on to our picks. And let's start with Adrian. Why don't you just dive in? Who is Cole Schaefer? Uh, well, interesting. Uh, so uh, I I sign up for email newsletters these days because um, you can always unsubscribe. And if I find them and I read them and they're interesting. Um, Cole Schaefer is a uh, I've, I've put in our notes. He's a multimedia creator. Uh, that doesn't mean he does video. I mean, he literally does writing. He does poetry. He writes um, 
uh, he's a copywriter but he writes poetry he also does uh, some filmmaking and photography and and things like that he has a podcast he literally creates across multiple media um and he it, the, the reason is i find it's different is that especially with the newsletter is it's because he's a professional copywriter it's wonderful to read it really is it's it's short it's punchy the messages are there um and you know and it just makes you realize how amazing a skill proper copywriting is proper writing of course but particularly in this instance copywriting is such an amazing skill um and uh, i like the presentation too on his website yeah 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 I'm, i'm just i'm just sharing it it's nothing to do with photography particularly i'm just sharing it because it's something i'm enjoying at the moment but he presents it with good photography so he does, that yeah. adds to the whole thing cool mm -hmm. very cool all right uh jeremiah you brought us <laughs> okay <laughs> The Fisher Price PXL 2000. A camera that I, I own with its own camera bag. Um, th this is, uh, I, I think, one of the great. What does it shoot on? It shoots on audio cassettes. <laughs> That's nuts. Uh, it is, uh, I guess, the equivalent you of my put audio on audio cassettes, let alone Black video. and white. Um, as you can see, the deluxe camcorder system. Um, and you know, it's, again, it's kind of a point and shoot film. I use that term loosely, uh, camera and, um, it, I, <laughs> um, I got it back when I, this is one of my prized possessions. It still <laughs> works. <laughs> uh, obviously uploading it is a little bit of a trick. No, have you have you used it in not any lately. of your your movies? No, no, I have not. Uh, if, if I'm going for that kind of uh, ultra grainy look, I tend to shoot on 16 with a matte cut out of the middle and then blow it up and <laughs> okay. add contrast to it. It's a little more controllable. But this is a fantastic example of some engineer <laughs> at Fisher Price had an idea that they brought to it was not a success at all it was a complete <laughs> really? product bomb and uh, you can still find them though but uh, again it has this great pixelated view and uh, you know who could fault a movie camera that shoots on audio cassettes i mean you know it's fabulous awesome awesome i, 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 I just wonder why how it's even possible to put video on a <laughs> i on never questioned cassette. it All right, um, and last but not least, <clears throat> I brought food. Food for those film cameras, for the Holgas. Well, not quite for the Holgas, <laughs> but for other film cameras. And, of course, we have to talk about Harman's Phoenix. Yeah, which, interesting. Which, okay, this is, this is wild. This is literally wild because um, you, you find all sorts of different films and, and it turns out that at least some of them are re repackaged other films so some eastern european filmmaker makes a film and that's probably being sold as three different films in three different markets and so on um, it is rare that new films come onto the market like really new films and uh, 
Um, we saw this with Ektachrome by Kodak. How long ago? Eight years ago or something. Um, and now Harman Photo, the, the mothership of Ilford, um, has created the Phoenix 200, which is a color film. And they are, okay, they're, they're just starting with color filmmaking. They haven't done this before. And they have now created this film, which is, um, if you, if you uh, read correctly into what they write, it's a bit like the model that uh, Impossible did when they resurrected Polaroid film, as in, it's still kind of experimental. It's still not perfect in colors. It does. It has its grain and its quirks. So, it's a bit of an artsy kind of thing. But um, of course, they want to reinvest what they make with this uh, batch of film and and make it better the next time and so on. So it's what, a, it's what differentiates it from existing uh, films. Um, it let me let me see if I can find well, uh, uh, one thing is that it's um, <laughs> of course given that it's Ilford is it's in color right there but that's a very obvious thing to say and um, it's they, they've known how to do C41 films for some time because there's, they've always they've always had or long had a a black and white C41 uh, true film. true uh, I forget the name of it. The colours, um, the, the aesthetics of this film is is different than many of the others that I've seen. Yeah, it, it kind of has an it has a nostalgic aesthetic to it, doesn't it? A sort of late seventies, early eighties kind of aesthetic to it, which is uh, I think which is yeah, it mutes um, the colour. Yeah, it, it, or it, it boosts back some the of them as well. Really, seems. which is yeah, I, but I'm I'm really pleased. This, I mean, you know, having you know, um, I, I I very very loosely know a couple of the people at. at Ilford um, and uh, they're great people and and they all um, the, everybody that works there is, is is there because they they love it right it's um, so to see them going and doing something new and succeeding as a business and stuff like that is is fantastic um, and deserves so. to be supported yeah a, yeah if anybody's interested in a deeper dive into this it, yeah, it does. Aesthetic. If anybody's interested in a deeper dive in this, by the way, um, Michelle and one of the other from the t from Ilford uh, or from Harmon, I should say, um, were interviewed by the Sunny Sixteen podcast. Um, oh, of course, uh, we're yeah, going to link to that. The uh, which came out a week or so ago, I think. Um, it, uh, uh, actually, just just a bit of a, an update. It's a podcast that I, I'm no longer actively as associated with. Um, uh, having done it for many many years, I needed uh, uh, it's time to stop. Um, but uh, Rachel and Claire are still doing it, and they're still doing a fantastic job, and um, probably better without <laughs> without all those boys around. To be honest, um, so uh, yeah, go listen to that because Rachel and Claire interviewed them, and so you'll learn lots more about the new product there. All right, so we have food, we have cameras, we have weird Printers. digital tech, and we have cameras that record onto audio cassettes, of all things. That that kind of reminds me of the old C64 days where you'd have your data on a cassette. Yeah, yeah, and, I had that definitely. And yep. you'd and you'd do like like pirated copies on a on a cassette deck to another cassette deck. Yeah, yep. <sighs> yeah, so um, go shoot lo-fi and have fun and take take the tech out of photography. I think that's yeah, that's where that's where lesson. this goes. Good All right. Um, thanks, everyone, for being here. We will be back soon with more. You can find us at thefutureofphotography.com or join our Discord. Everything is on the left bottom of the screen. We'll be back soon. Till then, everyone, take care.
Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Future of Photography. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Thank you.